welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast where we talk about sports, fantasy sports, dynasty fantasy sports, and empires and dynasties when we just feel like uh, diverting ourselves a little bit towards uh, towards some other topics. My name is Jeff Roman. I'm your host today and alongside me tonight, every night, every night, and every might. And every is, night, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is Tim Reinhardt, DDS. Welcome, Tim. DDS. All right. Um, thanks for uh, having me again, Jeff. This is great. I'm excited. Yeah. The uh, shout out to all the uh, the dentists out there who are putting their hands in people's mouths during a pandemic. You know, shout out to them. That's that's a tough beat. Um, that's, and, a, that's a tough beat, like, period. And then yeah. throw on the pandemic and you're, yeah, it's on. Uh, yeah, that that's a profession that I, I have total respect for. Yeah, absolutely. So just. Uh, reminders off the top, you can email us at DSE, the podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely read an email later today. Uh, we're at DSE podcast on Twitter, DSE, the podcast on Instagram. Um, and you can, uh, we have a page on dynasty now where you can find all of our links to all of our different shows on all of our platforms. And of course, rate us and review us on Apple podcasts. We got three great reviews so far. Um, I will definitely read them on the show. So um, get those in and we'll read them on future shows. Tim, also, uh, other news. Um, yeah. we have hit the big time. Um, big we time? have, a, yeah, we have hit the big time. Uh, it's our third episode and we already have a guest. Uh, our guest today yeah. is Jason Dombach. Jason is, um, also one of our, uh, friendly players on dynastysportsempire.com. And Jason is the CEO of Sports Start Now. Sports Start, excuse me, just Sports Start. My apologies, Jason. Uh, Jason, welcome to the program. Uh, Tim and Jeff, it's good to be with you guys. Appreciate the invite. Oh, well, thanks for coming on, man. It's uh, it's not every day that we get a guest that also has uh, press releases written about him and uh, has his own uh, company. So thank you, Jason. No, it's well, it's exciting. You know, I mean, if there's one thing that I love to do, it's to uh, it's to talk sports. You know, I used to be a, an actual professional broadcaster. Those days are long gone, believe me. But uh, now my, my entire, you know, my entire sports stratosphere is through Dynasty Sports Entertainment, you know, playing fantasy football and hockey and college basketball and, and golf and all of that stuff. So thank goodness for DSE. Great. So, uh, Jason, tell us a little bit about um, your company that you work for, uh, that you actually are the CEO of. What uh, What do you actually do for people? Well, so I had a 20-year career in uh, professional sports. I, as I mentioned, I started out as a, a broadcaster, and then I transitioned over into running actual teams uh, in minor league baseball. So uh, my experience um, also includes 10 years as a general manager of both a uh, short season single A team, uh, the State College Spikes, who uh, most recently were a, an affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, yeah. yep. Talked some Cardinals in the first episode. Um, and and then the last four years of my uh, actual career working in, in with a sports franchise, I was the double A, I was the GM of the double A affiliate of the. Texas Rangers in Frisco, Texas, just north of, of Dallas. So that, that's my background. And then when I left baseball in 2018, um, I decided to start a company that basically helps young folks, predominantly 
college students, recent grads, young professionals that maybe have a couple of years of experience and want to work in a front office for a professional sports franchise on the business side, not, not so much in scouting or player development, but, but on the business side, sales, marketing, community outreach, broadcasting, whatever, you know, any, any of those type of fields. Um, I basically help them navigate the muddy waters of professional sports and uh, trying to gain employment, which as you guys can imagine, 2020 has not been a banner year if you are coming out of college for anything, sure. especially yeah. if you want to work in the sports industry. Right. Well, Jason, I, I had a, I had a question. I mean, you mentioned like you were you were uh, GM of the of, of a couple teams, and I, I guess like something I've always kind of wondered is like what what kind of power as a GM of a single A affiliate or like a double A affiliate do you have over like I guess uh, who's on the team? I, I I guess what I'm asking is like what, what's the power structure between you being say the GM of double A uh, you know, the, the rough riders and out of Frisco and like the Texas Rangers general manager, like what, how does that work? Great question. And it's, it's probably the most common question that we get. Um, and the easiest way to describe it is, um, anybody that's the general manager of a minor league baseball franchise or the equivalent at a major league level and major league sport would be sort of the vice president of business operations. You're in charge of everything outside of the white lines is the, the way I put it. So our job was to put butts in seats, uh, to market the team, to operate the venue, food and beverage and, and merchandising, and, and basically uh, in charge of all the revenue channels. And we didn't really have any decision-making power over anything that, that pertained to the team. So it is kind of a weird dynamic um, in that you know, we don't really have any control over the product on the field. We enter into an agreement in, in minor league baseball case. You know, we, we enter into agreement an agreement with a major league affiliate, and their job is to supply the players, the coaches, the athletic trainers, everything that is inside the white lines. And so, you know, it's a, it's a unique dynamic. I mean, I was fortunate throughout my career that we worked with great teams. I, I worked with the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Cardinals, and the Texas Rangers. And, and all three of those organizations were great to work with. And we never really ever had an issue where, you know, we were upset about, you know, a particular player or the play on the field. It, it really didn't matter because in minor league sports, particularly minor league baseball, it's so much about the experience of coming to the game. And that's really what we focused on, even though, you know, there were some nights when the team played badly and, you know, we didn't like it very much, but at the end of the day, there, there wasn't a, a whole lot to, uh, to do about it. So, um, you know, it was, it's a weird dynamic, but it's one that works, uh, you know, pretty much universally, um, you know, between the minor league club and the major league affiliate. Interesting. Yeah. That's, that's a, uh, I've always wondered how that dynamic, between the between the big club and and the affiliates worked uh it it does seem like it's uh because i I know they're independently owned right like or or maybe i don't know are all of them independently owned not not all of them but uh, the ones that i worked for were so we we had private ownership and um uh, but but there are some out there that um are you know major league clubs are starting to more and more 
get into the business of owning, you know, their minor league clubs. If you pay attention to the NBA, you know that the NBA over the last decade has really invested in building a minor league system through the NBA G League. And originally, most of those franchises were independently owned. And now more and more, and I don't know if I could put a number on it, um, but, you know, it seems to be, to be that the majority, <clears throat> excuse me, of NBA G League franchises um, are owned now by the NBA team itself. And I do really? think that as time goes on, you're going to see more and more of that in Major League Baseball, um, especially because a lot of things have actually changed, you know, with the, the relationship between MLB and, and minor league baseball clubs. So I do think that it will veer that way more so into the future. But, um, you know, the one thing that's neat. If I, if I can cut you off for a second, why, why do you think that is that, that do, do the teams want more control over the development side, like the analytics side? Like, what do you think that is? You know, I think it's, it's more so the fact that they really want to be able to control the environment. You know, so much you know, when I first got into baseball, for example, you know, if you went down into the clubhouse, uh, you know, there was a Coke machine or a Pepsi machine and there was candy all over the place, you know, and popcorn and, and, you know, nutrition has become a big thing. And I think major league clubs, and I'm just speaking about baseball because that's my experience, but I think you could make the same generalization for hockey or basketball, you know, that I think nutrition facilities have become uh, a hot button uh, teams. You know, you mentioned analytics, uh, particularly at baseball teams are hiring more and more staff, uh, strength staff, um, analytics, video. And so they need more space to operate. And I think they just want more control over the entire environment. So I think that's the way professional baseball is going, minor league baseball in particular. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing for, for fans coming to the games because, you know, operators like the owners that I work for, sure, we, we cared about the product on the field and we wanted to have a great relationship with our major league affiliate and have a nice playing surface and good dugouts and clubhouses. And, and we invested lots of money in those kind of things. But at the end of the day, the most important thing for us was fan experience. And I do think that that's the one nice thing about having private ownership, you know, in, in, um, in minor league sports, because again, it's all about the affordability. It's all about the experience and you want to be able to maintain that. And if the major league clubs, um, you know, continue to control, continue to dabble into ownership, I think you're going to lose some of that. Jason, uh, there was one, speaking of fan experience, there was one part of your, uh, bio on the website that I stuck out to me that I, I just, I had to know more information. So, um, reading directly from your website here, Jason saw oversaw more than eight million in capital upgrades at Dr Pepper Ballpark. That's the Frisco Rough Riders Double uh, A, including the construction of a three thousand square foot, sixty eight thousand gallon outfield Lazy River. That is the largest fan accessible water feature inside a sporting venue in the world. I need to know everything <laughs> about this. This is, by the way, is perfect. Like relationship or a friendship between Jeff and I, I'm asking these like, like nerdy questions about uh, like how the system works. And Jeff is like, tell me about the lazy river though. Like, give me that info. <laughs> that, that was a lot of fun. So <clears throat> if you're a, if you're a baseball fan, you uh, have probably seen the uh, pool that the diamondbacks have in their, in their ballpark. Yeah, I don't sure. know if they, if they still do or not. 
<clears throat> well, this this uh, particular lazy river that we constructed at our double A ballpark in, in the Dallas area in Frisco um, was something like eight times larger than that. It, and it happens to be the largest water feature in an outdoor sporting venue in the world. Uh, I, at least at that time, maybe in Abu Dhabi, they they built something since. But um, the idea started out as a really big pool, and then it just sort of became a lazy river. And what we wanted to do was take the area behind the right field wall at our ballpark, um, which used to be sort of a hillside where Joey Gallo would, would bomb home runs, um, and and turn it into just a gigantic um, – <laughs> gigantic water feature that was like a big hospitality area but more than anything it became a a giant talking piece and so this was constructed in uh, 2017 i believe when we we got that online and we're proud to say that the first person that ever took a ride on our lazy river happened to be dirk Nowitzki, because um, dirk hosted a celebrity baseball game it wasn't a softball game i wish it was because if you ever watch Dirk Nowitzki try to play baseball, <laughs> along with a bunch of guys that don't play baseball, it's, it's pretty bad on the eyes. But he hosted. Yeah, he's got he's got a big strike zone. <laughs> he does. He does, and he insisted on playing first base, which the balls that were in the dirt, he, he wasn't very good at digging out either. But anyway, he happened. It, it happened to coincide. The opening of this thing happened to coincide with this big charity event that he hosted at our ballpark every year, and we convinced him to to be the first one to take a little ride on the, on the lazy river. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. You know, I, uh, our owner uh, wanted to uh, make a big splash, no pun intended. And you know, we got the city of Frisco to pay for it. So why not? Yeah. I, I just imagined the, you know, you're in a meeting about what, what we can put in the outfield. It's late at night. There's pizza boxes everywhere. You know, everybody's got a bunch of empty soda cans and somebody's just like, what if we built the largest water feature in the world and everybody was like that's a brilliant idea and then you just went from there that's how i imagine the meeting going <laughs> oh 100 i mean that that's how all ideas in minor league baseball come about you know it's pizza it's bud light it's uh long hours it's just kind of you know throwing things against the wall and seeing what sticks so uh that was a lot of fun to be a part of and um you know it's a, it's a great ballpark if you're ever in the dallas area um Frisco is kind of like the center of the universe now because that's where the Cowboys have their training facility now that was okay. built there. Um, sure. Move their operations up to, up to Frisco. The USGA is moving their headquarters to Frisco and they're building a course that apparently is going to host a Ryder Cup at some point in the future. Oh, cool. So that's kind of like the. So when that was the other part of it. When you're in an area like Frisco that's booming and has so much wealth you know, even as the little guy in minor league baseball, you had to really think big. That's, that's awesome. Tim, do you have a, do you have a question you want to go to? Yeah, well, I guess I, maybe this is a bit like a odd abstract question. Um, is there like, I think people um, generally, maybe, maybe everyone, not everyone, I, the people that are listening to this podcast probably have an idea of what it's like to be involved in minor league baseball. And, you know, I, I, played baseball in college and know some people that were generally affiliated with some minor league programs or independent leagues. And is there like a popular culture movie or book? Like I know Bull Durham, you know, portrays uh, like the minor league life, or I read this book uh, 
a couple summers ago called The Might Have Been, which was about a minor league player who then became a minor league manager. And it actually got a lot into like the dynamics of like the who the relationship between the affiliates and the big league club. Like, is there a pop culture, uh, anything, book, movie, whatever, that you think, like, displays the life of a minor league, minor leaguer, or just the system in general really well? Well, that's a good question. I, I um, you know, my mind automatically goes to Bull Durham, even though that that's so outdated. It's like, I'm a hockey fan more than anything, and, and people reference Slapshot a lot. But that that's kind of antiquated as well, you know. But they're you know they're so popular and they they kind of told the story of what it was like in that era. But um, that's a good question. Not not that I know of. Um, you know, I I did hear there's a pilot episode coming out on ABC that's about the life of a real life person actually, who is the owner of the AAA team in Sacramento, who I believe are a Giants affiliate. So they're the Giants AAA affiliate and there's a pilot. It's actually coming out about the life. Um, I think it's a comedy actually, but it's about the female owner of this AAA baseball team. So maybe that show will deliver what you're asking. That or maybe just rewatch Eastbound and Down. That, that I think uh, well, there you go. Actually, that's 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 a good one too, Eastbound and I Down. I just thought of that while you were saying your answer. <laughs> and actually, our, our ownership group owned the team in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And as you, were, as you recall on the show, he played for the Myrtle Beach Merman. And yes. they actually came to uh, our ballpark in Myrtle Beach. Um, I never worked day-to-day in Myrtle Beach, but our ownership group was involved in, 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 uh, in, in that ballpark. And they actually filmed an entire season of Eastbound and Down in uh, in that ballpark in uh, in Myrtle Beach. So that was pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, that that's a great show. I I, I laughed a lot during that one. Uh, Jason, we're uh, you know a couple minutes into uh, into our conversation, so it's now it's time for us to segue to the Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. Um, we've we've uh, allowed other people to get their time. Now it's our turn. Um, so. Uh, the spikes that you uh, worked for in state college were affiliate of the Cardinals uh, two years, uh, I think uh, 2003 and 2004. Um, there's a bunch of interesting players on that team uh, through that year, including uh, Luke Voigt, Carson Kelly, Mitch Harris, uh, who was from the Navy. Uh, the 2004 team actually won the championship. They had uh, Austin Gomber, uh, Ponce de Leon, Luis Perdomo. Do you have any cool stories about, uh, you know, not those guys necessarily, but any of the players that you ran into from the Cardinals during that time? Yeah, those, those guys were all great dudes. I mean, not one thing I'll say about the Cardinals, they, they do it the right way, man. You know, I know there's probably Cubs fans listening to this and they don't want to hear it. And, uh, you know, fans of other teams, but the Cardinals, they talk about the Cardinal way. And, you know, I got a chance and like I talked about earlier, I didn't, you know, I'm not that involved in the player development, but I certainly got to know John Mozalak and, um, you know, the guys that ran through uh, the player development people that ran through, like Willie McGee came to State College for a week and I got to hang out with him, which is a oh, kid that's awesome. in the 80s, cool. loving the Cardinals myself, even though I grew up in Western PA, you know, around the Pirates, I always loved those Cardinals teams of the 80s. And so when Willie McGee came every year, that was, that was so cool. And, you know, to be around those guys. But um, yeah, you know, I'd say that just the overall about the Cardinals organization, you can tell, you know, they don't mess around. You know, when, when these guys get into that organization, they are taught from day one, 
about the cardinal way and it's been you know sort of the 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 plan that's been in place right since branch ricky back in the 1940s or 50s or whenever it was um you know you just see the consistency the way they go about their business it's second to none it really so it was really cool to be around them and we want as you mentioned we won a, a league championship in in 2014 with a couple guys that ended up getting up to the big leagues. Ponce de Leon was an important guy in that team. Gomber, uh, you, you mentioned you know, a couple of the other names, but it was just a great group of guys. And, um, you know, it was just really fun to be around that organization because they, they value winning uh, at that level because they, they want guys that win throughout their minor league career. And when they get to the big leagues, that's of course, that's the expectation. So I, I don't think anybody does it better than the Cardinals. They 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 really are fantastic at, at player development, and that's that's why they've been so successful for so long. Uh, flattery will get you everywhere, Jason. <laughs> I'll take that every time. The Cardinals with us is is a is a good move. I, I love like the the culture element to that. It's it's you know I I think that's such a big part of sports and teams that have it you know do seem to do really well and teams yeah. that are consistently cycling through different cultures tend to not. Well, you know what I loved about the Cardinals too? And, and, and now I'm sure it's changed. I mean, this was, but this was like five years ago. Um, and at that point you could start to see the changes that were happening in around major league baseball, the shift to analytics and video and nutrition and, and those sorts of things. And the Cardinals were still like the old school organization. Um, I don't want to say they were resistant to it, but you could tell they were bringing it along slowly, but yet they still trusted their old school uh, guys that were, you know, like this one guy, Mark DeJohn, who was their, their, the guy that was in charge of all on-field instruction. And he had been doing it like 25 years. And he was like this old school military style, you know, it's like a boot camp uh, instructor or something like that. And that was sort of the way he, went about his business and it was very old school where you saw these other organizations, you know, jumping into analytics and, and, you know, I have my own feelings about that, but I just love the way the Cardinals go about their business and how, you know, they were, again, they've, they've adopted all of that stuff too. But, um, and I, I will also say, by the way, the guy that ended up in jail, Chris Correa, was a good dude. I, I actually had lunch with him one day. You remember that story? He, he stole the uh, database from the uh, Houston Astros and the FBI oh, yeah. caught him and he went yeah. to prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I actually had lunch with Chris Correa. He was a very smart, brilliant dude. I think he would have done good things there in St. Louis. Well, if uh, if they hadn't set their password to Eckstein123, I think he would have been less <laughs> successful uh, in that hacking. Well, that's true. That, that That's true. They should have used one of those uh, suggestions that pop up on Safari yeah. on your computer, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's it for me, Tim. Do you have anything else you want to ask, Jason? I, I, I ran through all my all my questions. I, I, I loved uh, I loved the chat. This was great. Yeah, Jason, thanks so much for coming on. We'll definitely have you on in the future. Um, this, this will function kind of as your intro call. Uh, we have you down as our... Uh, NCAA hoops expert, um, just filling a little niche that both Tim and I have, uh, don't have a lot of knowledge on. So wide gap for me. Wide <laughs> gap. Well, it's funny because I spent my entire career in baseball, but I, I don't honestly watch a lot of major league baseball. In fact, I would probably put it pretty far down the 
totem pole and, you know, the things that I love. I'm just a huge hockey fan, NFL, um, college hoops, as you mentioned, you know, I just can't get enough of it. So, uh, but that, that's why I love DSE, man. The community has been great and all the leagues that they offer have just been so much fun. I've met a lot of virtually met a lot of really cool people, including you guys, and just really, really uh, excited to be part of that community. Awesome. This is great, Jason. We will have you back. We'll, we'll have a lot of time during college basketball season, hockey season. Definitely. Um, we'll have you back on to talk, uh, talk specific instances, fantasy implications, strategies, all that good stuff that, that I, I couldn't even start, uh, start going with. So Jason, uh, appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, man. Good luck with sports start, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate it, Jeff and Tim. Thanks guys. Really enjoying the podcast. Thanks man. All right. Thanks Jason. All right, Tim. Uh, we had our, we had our first interview, big one, awesome. big one. We start off big. Yeah, I loved I love that whole thing. Like I, I love learning about that stuff. Like the the, I mean, we're we're both such huge baseball geeks. So like you know, it's 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 like I've always wondered like what the deal was between the big yeah. league clubs and the affiliates. And I, you know, it was great to be able to ask somebody that has been in that position and could clarify a, a really easy answer right there yeah and i definitely you know i i kept all my super serious uh introspective questions because you know i didn't want to take up too much time so i went for the silly ones i definitely had them here on the list I, I, was, def- I was just messing around with you <laughs> i know <laughs> actually I know. If, if like jeff is probably the bigger like baseball nerd <laughs> uh, i just i just had to know about the lazy river that was the thing like just jumped out of me like like uh just like a bright light. Um, so we had our interview with Jason. Um, now let's go ahead and do our, our shout out section here. Um, we have a couple of uh, podcast reviews. We have uh, an email to go over that. That worked for you, Tim? Yeah, let's hear them. Okay. So uh, first we got an email at dsethepodcast at gmail.com from AJ, uh, fellow DSEer, as he calls it, Dynasty Sports Empire player. Um, he might have me beat on a bad beat on that Ravens Browns game last week. He had Hollywood Brown uh, had a late okay. TD, yeah. put him up, put him up ten point seven points um, on the last play. His opponent had Marlon Humphrey. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't even know who that is. Uh, he is the guy who got the safety. Uh, he tackled the player for the safety. No so he got way. so yeah. So he got one point for the safety. I'm sorry, one point for the tackle and ten points for the safety. So that's Did eleven points. Safety. Yeah. Yeah. So, so AJ, AJ lost by 0.3 points. So, uh, thanks AJ for the email. And honestly, like if you want to send me your, your bad beats, if you want to email us your bad beats, your, your, uh, stuff that gone wrong, your bad trades, like I wallow in my bad trades all year long. Um, so I want to hear them because it makes me feel better that other people got beat badly. It makes me feel badly or it makes me feel better when, when other people have bad trades. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so we also, uh, have a couple uh, Apple podcast reviews. Uh, the first one is from barbecue. Uh, they barbecue says that, uh, this, this person's over in over 20 DSE leagues. So a hardcore player. Yeah. That's a lot of leagues across football, basketball, and hockey. Um, you know, he says, I'm assuming he could be a she. They say, I'm glad I found a place that talks about these uh, leagues and much more. Jeff and Dr. Tim Esquire are great together. Uh, just a note for, for those reviewers. If you reference our, our, our uh, ongoing gags, uh, we'll definitely read your stuff on air. 
thanks for listening. Um, barbecue. Uh, we also had another one from uh, Slam and Sammy fourteen thirty. Um, I hope that's not a uh, uh, Sammy Sosa reference, but if it is, that that's all right too. So this one says this shows to Dynasty Fantasy Sports podcasts what sublime is to '90s third wave ska fans. The absolute best there is. Um, thanks for that, Slam and Sammy fourteen thirty. I'm actually. Go ahead, That's Tim. A big one for you because you were when I when we met, weren't you into ska a bunch? Oh yeah, I'm still into ska. So Ska's I, great. I yeah. I have this vague memory of you, maybe freshman or sophomore year, like making me a CD of is this a ska band Alkaline Trio? Am I remembering this right? So that's that's more on the on the punk side okay. um, of, of the ledger. Um, when we talk about third wave ska, I'm more partial to like less than Jake, real big fish. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll take the sublime yeah. uh, comparison of every course. day. So, so that person, uh, slam and Sammy must be somebody that knows me and knows I'm partial to, to the ska music. So I appreciate that. Yeah, that's a good one. And, uh, our last, our last review also five-star review. Make sure you always, um, put five stars in rev- in your review, even if it's a bad one. If you put less than five stars, I'm not reading it on air. So just uh, <laughs> put your five stars down there and I'll, I'll read it. Uh, Nichols for your pity says best fantasy podcast by far. I was getting tired of the same old, same old. These guys are such a breath of fresh air. So uh, I appreciate that. Um, Nichols for your pity. Um, we're, we're definitely not the the same old, same old. I, I don't know how much of a breath of fresh air, but we're, we're definitely not the same old, same old. That's yeah. Hey, you know, sometimes, you know, it's just, just a little bit different to shake it up a little bit. Yeah. People, people are looking for, I like it. uh, Timmy, buddy, did you have any shout outs that you wanted to throw in here? Uh, uh in our shout, out second? shout out to, uh, the two guys I do this. Uh, so these guys that I work with, um, Cam and Tom, we, we've been doing a, a fantasy podcast, uh, that, uh, is called fantasy access. We just kind of, we, we get together and we mess around about, we're all in the same work fantasy league. Um, and so uh, I, I've been doing that with them after school on like Wednesday and Thursday uh, for the past couple of years. It's it's a blast. They both uh, have listened to our podcast and have reviewed it. Um, so I wanted to give uh, Cam and Tom a, a good shout out because, uh, you know, they, they got me going in this uh, in this field. Um, and here we are. So and yeah, they're, and they're good guys and they know their stuff. So, uh, All right. yeah, big shout out to those guys. Shout out Cam and Tom. Uh, yeah, I really feel bad about that, that we did not plug that until now. So uh, check out Fantasy Access. That's on YouTube. You can see Tim's face um, and Cam and Tom's face as they as they go through their uh, their picks and their lineups and their their analysis. It's a really great show. Uh, and it's on YouTube. So that that makes it uh, even more accessible. Go to go to fan. Uh, you can subscribe to it on YouTube. Fantasy Access is the uh, is the um, is the channel, I believe. Okay, great. Tim, that's that's great. I'm going to make sure I shout that out at the top from yeah. now on. Yeah. So, um get people over there uh seeing what you're up to awesome. when you're not when you're not talking to me. All right, so uh we're let's go ahead and jump to our our top stories. Uh buried them a little bit, but we had such a great interview and wanted to make sure we got our shout outs in here. Um this week in the NFL, Tim, your Jets. My uh, Jets. 17 and a half point underdogs uh to the Rams. Uh win outright they did um to vault them from the number one overall pick in the nfl draft to the number two overall pick in the nfl 
draft. You you did predict this with the Seattle game, um, so you kind of saw this. You saw this. Really? Yeah, you saw this coming. So I just want to get your reaction on that. Well, so first off, if you did happen to watch Fantasy Access uh, last week, I predicted that the score would be fifty to three. Wow. Rams at the end of the first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> so that didn't happen. Um, I, it's funny. I was doing, I was like doing some prep work for, for school. And uh, I had the, I think it was the Saints Chiefs game that was on. And I just pulled up ESPN and saw that it, the Jets scored in their first drive. And I was like, this doesn't happen. This is weird. And I just kept watching. And uh, yeah, it, it, they never, they never blew the game. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think I said it last week. I have a hard time rooting against the team you root for, even though that's actually rooting for your team. Um, so I couldn't be too I, – I feel like I can't be too um, upset that they won the game. There are so many can't-miss number one draft picks that are actually misses. Yeah. That, you know, we're all going to say that Trevor Lawrence is uh, is by far the – you know, hands down, number one, next Andrew Luck, you know, John Elway, whatever it is. But for every one of those guys, you know, there's Dak Prescott, right? There's Tom Brady. Um, and, and so I, I, I don't know that it's I, – I don't see it as the franchise-shattering win that most uh, most Jets fans that are calling up WFAN these days are, are seeing it as. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad they won a game and uh, – you know, let's see what, let's see where this goes. And I think the big thing is now, like, what do you do? So do they draft a quarterback? Do they still draft Justin Fields or this guy that that's playing right now from BYU's put up, you know, half a note of points here. Um, or do they trade the pick and build around Sam Darnold? So I guess it brings a lot of questions into what, uh, what the jets need to do moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it gives them the flexibility, um, as they're not locked in that, that guaranteed number one overall guy. Um, but right. the downside of that is that they don't get the opportunity to get that number one overall guy. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of uh, people that were kind of clowning the uh, jets a little bit for, for winning, but, you know, I think those, those same people were, were clowning the jets a little bit for not winning. So I think that's some of the kind of sports, uh, you know, culture that you can find online that I, I don't, I don't like to be a part of, I think, you know, the players are, are trying to win. Um, and I mean, the Rams obviously weren't trying to win, um, the, you know, their quarterback, Jared Goff, um, you know, I was laughing, uh, listening to a podcast, uh, by Gil Alexander of, uh, VEASAN and VEASAN.com and the VEASAN app. He, uh, called it the Jared Goff face. Uh, the, the, um, the, uh, descendant of the Jay Cutler face and the Joe Flacco face as, as just that kind of blank nothingness on the sideline and also apparently on the field. So um, I I thought that was quite hilarious as the Rams kind of just slept walk through that and, and uh, with, with the Jared Goff face. So, yeah. I, the Rams are a really fascinating team to me. Just they're capable of, going out there and, and really lighting up the scoreboard and they're capable of losing to the jets like that. Uh, and, and only putting up, you know, 20 points against a pretty, pretty pitiful defense. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, teams 
and you see this a lot uh, in the NBA and other leagues is that they decide to turn it on and turn it off. But, you know, I think when you do that, you risk not being able to turn it on at the right time. Yeah. When you, when you have, you, you think that you have that functionality of, of the off on switch when you really need it. Um, then sometimes it just doesn't turn back on the lights don't turn on. Um, so, you know, I think, especially teams like the Rams who haven't really won anything. I don't think um, they should be afforded that luxury of just kind of saying, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll turn it on when we really need it. Right. And so uh, another, another big game last week was the, um, the Bengals uh, on Sunday night or, or Monday night, excuse me, uh, 14 point dogs uh, winning outright against the Steelers. What's uh, Tim, what's your thought on the Steelers as they're, uh, as they're looking right now. Well, my, my first thought on, on this is um, that I saw on Twitter, um, uh, James Holtower, the Jeopardy, Jeopardy James. Um, mm-hmm. He tweeted something that I found hilarious, uh, like computing the money line parlay uh, for a Jets Bengals win this week would have, uh, it's it's like you're in a beautiful mind, you know, like trying to figure yeah. out what the, what those odds would have been. Yeah, I mean, the, I'd like to shake the hand of the person that picked those two and just kind of, you know, somebody you know, had to have right, like that, sure, just for like you know a five dollar ridiculous parlay or something. Um, yeah, the Steelers, you know, it's um, I was I was high on them uh, a few weeks ago, and and now um, it seems like ever since they had that like that crazy schedule week when the Ravens had the COVID outbreak that they've been, uh, they've been, they beat the Ravens. They didn't do it handily. Um, and they've been down ever since. Um, so, you know, it's with such a, a team with such a really good defense and, you know, phenomenal playmakers at wide receiver. Um, I, I I think that they're going to put it together. Um, maybe they are the kind of team that you were just talking about that can kind of turn it on and off, so to speak. Um, but still, if you're a if I, if I were a, a Steelers fan, I would be concerned at this point um, in this uh, in this little mini uh, losing streak. Yeah, I think I think they definitely got the worst end of the kind of COVID push arounds, where their buy ended up being really really early. They could really use a a buy, uh, you know, like two weeks ago. Yeah. Because um, Big Ben looks, you know, the the ball is just not coming out like it used to even earlier this year. So maybe he's hurt. Maybe it's just, he's worn down. Um, he takes a lot of hits. So, um, you know, they don't have a running game, so they got to throw it 50 times a game. So, um, they, he's got to, you know, get that out accurately and he's just not doing it. Right. Their, their passing game. Uh, I, I mean, I've heard this a few times on different, different radio broadcasts, like their passing game has served as their running game. Um, right. Uh, and, and if, yeah, if he's having trouble getting the ball out, um, then you're having trouble with two, you're having not, not just trouble with your passing game, but your running game as well. Cause your passing game is your running game. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the offense goes nowhere and their defense is good, but not great. Um, it's not going to be able to shut anybody out. So that's a recipe for trouble. Um, even against, even against the, the Bengals. Yeah. So Let's go to a, another top story here in football is the uh, college football playoff is set. Um, your guys, Ohio yep. State, gets in they do. Uh, at number three. Uh, Alabama gets in at number one. Clemson at number two. 
Uh, Clemson's only loss to Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence. Um, and Notre Dame gets in as the fourth. They're only lost to Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. So those two teams played twice this year. Um, you know, you're, you're a little bit closer to the college, uh, college game than I am. What's, what's your thoughts on that top four there? I, I like it. Um, I obviously Alabama is the hands down number one team. Um, you watch them play. I, I was surprised that they didn't blow out Florida. Um, that game was closer. It wasn't really that close, but it was closer than I thought it would be. I thought they'd cover that 17 point number. Um, yeah, I, I like the way they set it up. I mean, you know, they, they say that they don't go for uh, TV ratings, but, uh, you know, Clemson, Ohio State is a rematch from last year uh, with what could conceivably be the one and two players picked in the draft. Uh, ESPN's not complaining about that, um, you know, having that game. So, or yeah, it's ESPN who airs it. Um, so I, I think that's a, that's going to be a cool matchup. Um I saw earlier that Clemson is favored by seven and a half. I, I, I do think um, that Ohio State didn't play particularly well against Northwestern. Um, I also know that they did. They were they were missing. Um, they're missing Chris Olave, who's their uh, big big time wide receiver. And so there's a lot of you could tell there's a lot of miscommunication between Justin Fields and that receiving core um, in the passing game, and it just so happens that. Uh, they were able to run the ball for like a thousand yards um, and, and get that win. Um, I The Notre Dame thing is interesting to me, um, you know, and you got to wonder like what, you know, there are a couple other possibilities. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised that the committee didn't put, and maybe I'm being an Ohio homer on this, like Cincinnati uh, a little bit higher. Um, I think that's a good football team. Um, and I know they're not a power five conference, uh, but they did, they did go undefeated and uh, I would have expected them to be in the top six instead of um, Oklahoma that got put up there. So um, I'm not sure who I haven't looked at the bowl games yet, who Cincinnati plays, but I, I bet they're going to be fired up and, and uh, a bit irritated that they weren't ranked higher. Yeah. And I think when you're, when you're looking for some, some good picks in, in bowl games, you're looking for motivation and Cincinnati probably is going to have that that motivation into whatever, uh, whatever bowl game they go against, whoever they, they go against. Yeah. So I got them looking at it right now. They are playing. I just saw why this is great radio right here, everybody. Oh yeah. Uh, well, well here, here I'll be your host and I'll, I'll talk about uh, the other teams that are in the ranking. Oklahoma, uh, Texas Georgia, A&M right, was fifth. Playing Georgia playing Georgia. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, that, right. Yeah, that should be that should be a good one. Georgia with nothing to play for, uh, with higher aspirations, and and Cincinnati with probably right. their best year in a long time, with uh, wanting to kind of show them up. Exactly. So I, that should be a, should be a good one. I like Cincinnati in that one. Yeah, so I, I was seeing some some scuttlebutt online about about Notre Dame getting in as as a kind of a, a robbery. I I looking at the standings here. I don't I don't see any other obvious one. Cincinnati is obviously undefeated, but. Um, a smaller conference, Texas A&M is at fifth at eight and one. Um, but their only loss was to Alabama, who's a juggernaut. So, you know, does any of these other teams, uh, except, you know, you already talked about Cincinnati. Do they have claims over Notre Dame? I think the only one that, that could potentially is, is A&M. They play in the SEC. Like you said, their loss was to Alabama. Um, I, I was listening to the show on Sunday and they, they said things about how, 
their best win was nowhere close to uh, Notre Dame's best win. Um, and I guess how they're, how they look at that stuff, uh, you know, if, and, uh, you know, A&M didn't even play in their conference championship game. Sure. Um, so I think those things do matter to the committee, uh, whether right or wrong. Um, I, I, I agree, I guess, uh, that, the SEC is the best conference in football, and so if you go eight and one um, in that conference, uh, you should be able. You know, you you probably have a legit claim. Um, it's it's just it's the bizarro nature of uh, of college football that like these these are the things that I remember. Ohio State got in as a one loss non conference champion. Uh, didn't even make the conference championship game, uh, but they were I think ten and one or you know eleven and one or whatever. Uh, maybe in 2015 or something like these things happen uh, where, you know, they're, they're weighing, it makes you wonder what's being weighed um, uh, and how much like name recognition and uh, you know, TV ratings. If you want to be a real conspiracy theorist um, go into it. So Notre Dame played in the ACC this year, my opinion, not the best conference, even though I guess I technically live in an A. ACC town, um, you know, with Boston college here. Uh, but you can't, you can't take away the fact that they did beat Clemson. It doesn't matter who right. they're quarterback for, for Clemson, they beat them. Yeah. I mean, as a, as a, uh, as an outsider looking in with no, no dog in the fight here, I, I really can't see a huge, uh, problem with that. I mean, I think maybe this is a, uh, uh, the committee saying, Hey, Notre Dame, guess what? Look what happens if you play in a conference, right? Like you, you get the bonus of being in the conference. You get the conference championship game. Obviously they're lost, but getting there, you know, alone um, is a big deal. So they're not playing, you know, whatever games Notre Dame can, can schedule. They're, they're actually getting the, the ACC lineup, which isn't as strong at the, at the middle, but you know, obviously has Clemson at the top to deal with. Yeah. So that that's uh, covers it for college uh, college sports. We'll see how those goes over this weekend. Um, we're 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 at forty six minutes here, so we'll just do uh, a couple quick hitters. NBA kicks off uh, tonight. Uh, last I looked, the Brooklyn Nets were beating the Golden State Warriors by quite a bit. Um, okay. The new, the new look Brooklyn Nets with uh, Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Um, obviously, the Warriors are without um, Clay Thompson who injured his Achilles or hamstring or, or one of those leg muscles. Um, he's out for the year. So they're, they're pretty much going to ha- struggle again. Um, we talked about James Wiseman last week, but I don't know if he's going to make a big difference uh, on their team by himself with, uh, with Steph Curry this year. Um, we've got a couple of um, uh, MVP uh, odds. Odds are out. Uh, Luka Doncic actually is the short shot for uh, MVP in the NBA, never won an MVP. Um, well, he's, he's the, is he the favorite? Like if well, he, yeah. he took all the odds and he's got the best odds. Yeah. He's got he's plus 300. Um, he's the short shot to really to win it. Yeah. It doesn't, uh, not something I would certainly take, um, at that number, um, or at any number really, I think he's still pretty much a long shot to, to win it. I, I wonder um, what that's, I mean, you know, Vegas knows Vegas knows. Um, yeah. You know, uh, like where's like a LeBron on that or, you know, 
Well, LeBron, yeah, as, as I remember, I don't have it in front of me now, but LeBron was more like fourth and fifth. He splits a lot with Anthony Davis, so yeah. having both of them on the team makes that more difficult. Uh, Doncic is the out-and-out star of his team, the Dallas Mavericks, so you know that, that could could do it. But Giannis was, was uh, third on that uh, as well. I mean, he won two times in a row. I, I just I find it hard to believe that it would give it to him three times in a row, but you know, stranger things have happened, certainly. You earn it. Yeah, exactly. Steph Curry was on that list, um, high up, probably second there. Um, he is going to have to carry the Warriors on his shoulders this year, and I don't think he's going to push them for a high enough record in the West to yeah, um, to get that. any MVP votes. So that one is wide open, in my opinion. Um, so I don't know. I, I I find those hard to guess. So um, it's going to take take a lot of time in the season for us to get that one sorted out. Right. Um, the other one we talked about rookies last year or last week. Um, the the youngest ball son, uh, I'm completely spacing on his name. Lamelo yeah. uh, is uh, the short shot at plus three fifty. He has the uh, the two things that you look for in um, a rookie of the year candidate, both talent and opportunity. You know, you're watching a mystery movie and you look for motive and opportunity uh, for, for who, who done it. And when you're looking at rookie of the year rankings, you look for talent and opportunity and he's got both there. He's going to score the ball. Let's go. Yeah. He's going to score the ball. He's going to fill it up with, uh, with assists and, and highlight reels on Twitter that, that uh, push those, push those uh, votes a little bit. So, um, I don't know. I'm not happy with either of those. I probably wouldn't wouldn't make a move on either of those. Um, but hey, NBA's back. They were gone for a very short amount of time, um, and they're already back. So, uh, Tim, do you have any uh, any uh, NBA leans insights? I, I got I I got nothing on. <laughs> that's uh, that's I. I should I should have come more prepared with something uh, NBA. I, I'll tell you what. I'll give you the breaking news uh, that uh, the Nets did defeat the Warriors one twenty five to ninety nine. That that that's breaking news on this show. All right, that's what I got. So so this will air tomorrow. So if you miss the paper or uh, <laughs> or, or, or or left your phone in the other room and you're listening on Bluetooth, uh, we have the scores for you. Um, and you know we're we're getting close to fifty minutes, so I just want to make sure that we. Uh, we keep this, you know, as tight as we usually do, yep. you know, we're, we're, uh, on the long winded side usually. And I, I know our fans appreciate that. Nobody has, uh, gave us a five-star review to say, wait, we talked too long. So, uh, until that yeah. comes in, yeah. until that comes in, I won't, uh, I'll, I'll consider it that we could just keep going. So, um, you got anything else that you want to plug? You want to talk about? No, I, I, we got it all. Uh, did, did you want to do any baseball real quick? Um, is there any baseball going on? Any signings? Anything? Anything happening? Not that I've seen. Um, as I to my knowledge, things have been pretty quiet for for now. Um, I don't know. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of the MLB teams are are slow playing um, the signings even more than they did last year. I was gonna say, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. So so we'll we'll be at it speculating on signings probably for another couple months, um, close into spring training. Um, so I, I, I don't expect any movement there. We will, uh, definitely have, um, some previews of the MLB once, once we get closer to spring. Um, but coming up in a couple weeks is the, uh, NFL playoffs. So, uh, dynasty sports empire.com has, uh, playoff, 
uh, league. So what you do is that you uh, pick a player, uh, a full roster of players, one every week. So you can't pick the same player every week. So if you pick Derrick Henry during the wild card game, you can't pick him in the next week if uh, they win. So it's kind of like a, a little bit of a survivor-esque there. So just it puts a little strategy in it. Uh, both Tim and I are in the league. Tim, I got you in the league. So uh, look for that coming up. So we will be in the uh, in the fantasy playoff uh, fantasy league. Okay. So it's a it's a fun little twist. So we'll we'll uh, I'll get you all set up in there. And we can talk about that uh, on next week's show and and uh, as we get closer to the uh, NFL playoffs. I like it. I like it. Sounds good. So we'll we'll talk strategy. We'll talk uh, bad beats. We'll talk you know, whatever happens. So, you know, just as always, just make sure if you go out, wear a mask, uh, be safe, stay home whenever possible. Enjoy your holidays at home. Um, as yeah. always, we can, we can get through this. Everyone be safe during the holidays. Uh, that's, you know, that's the biggest thing I can say. Uh, you know, uh, just be careful, be safe. Yeah. And, uh, Merry Christmas, Tim. If I don't talk to you, yeah, same have, to you. Have a yeah, good Merry one. Christmas to you and uh, yeah. you and the fam. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll we'll have a, a episode next week where you can reveal um, your top five uh, Christmas gifts from Santa, and I will uh, I'll reveal my top five um, that I unwrapped on Christmas morning. Okay, I will. Uh, I, I made a note to keep track of my top. Five. I mean, if I get, <laughs> if I get five, I'll uh, I'll be yeah. happy. But uh, we'll all see. right. Yeah, we'll we'll talk to Santa about that one. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I I I feel like I've I've been a pretty good uh, pretty good kid this year. So uh, you know, I, okay. I deserve I deserve at least five. Yeah, I think so. I you think know. so. You 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 I don't know. You're probably more yeah two money. Yeah, two three. Okay. You know, yeah. Two we'll see what shows at best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a full stocking with some candy in it. I'll, I'll be I'll be a happy kid. So what's uh what's like a typical uh Roman like Christmas like thing that you guys would do as a family that, that like no one else does. Wow. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, we, we, uh, my wife makes, uh, Santa Claus pancakes in the morning. So, uh, you know, shaped like Santa Claus with, um, strawberries and ready whip for the, for the, uh, beard and strawberries for the, for the, for the hat. So that's always a, sugar-filled way to really really just charge up the day and get everybody bouncing off the walls to open right. up to presents. And I'm bouncing it's it's actually a brilliant strategy bouncing off the walls to start and then like crash at yeah. like the uh, you know early evening time to go to bed. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd, I'd love I'd love a midday snooze on the couch. Uh NBA's on and uh, NFL I think is actually playing yeah. on Christmas this year. So uh plenty to doze off to on the couch for sure uh, after opening presents. So uh tim as always great to talk to you same jeff uh this has been fun and i'm glad we glad we got a good interview in and uh that, w- that was awesome yeah so uh this this one will drop on uh early wednesday morning uh the 23rd and as uh we'll see you out there all right yeah uh merry christmas guys happy new year all of it kwanzaa yeah. hanukkah all of the things yeah ha- happy holidays for whatever you decide that you want to celebrate or not celebrate so enjoy it All right. See you later, Jeff. See ya.